Normally, whenever we play that reel, I feel like I see both of us kind of like nodding our heads, really excited. And I don't know about you, but I think I see a mirror between the two of us of melancholy. Dude, my heart hurts. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I what wasn't is this bullshit. I, I wasn't ready for like this that wave of emotion. I'm not gonna lie to you. That hit me kind of hard. Oh, jeez. I uh, I woke up Thursday morning. I put ESPN on, and NBA had already been suspended the night before. My wife and I were actually driving to the gas station when the Rudy Gobert announcement came out, and then the thing popped up on my phone that said NBA suspended, and I was just like, the dominoes are starting. You know? Uh, I and, hate uh, it so much. I was actually at work. I know. Not going to lie to you, I was at work. And uh, I had a coworker who's a big Yankees fan text me, and she's like, baseball's canceled. And I was like, what? And so I went and searched. I looked up MLB News because I hadn't gotten anything from ESPN from anything. And I was right, like, because Jeff Passon broke it like three hours ahead. Yeah. And I was like, wait, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, we're good. And I went like went over to her, her office and I was like, no, we're not. That's just 12 up. And 12 up sucks. <laughs> they have no idea what they're talking about. It was an opinion piece. She's like, oh, okay, good. I'm like, it still might happen, but. And then it was like literally 30 minutes later. I'm like, just kidding. Okay, now baseball's canceled. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah, I uh, currently I do three jobs, right? I, I work at a podcasting agency as their marketing strategist. My other job is I help run a international travel business. And then the third thing I do is I collect data on MLB and sports teams. So I just watch like two-thirds of what keeps me occupied in my time just disappear. And I, 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 I couldn't believe my eyes just watching it go. I bet the fraction's a little bit bigger because you have to add the time that you spend watching it. Oh, I know. And like, I look forward to watching games. I mean, it's, it's big. It's a huge part of my life. Um, you know, I've just been chatting and I think, I think kind of what we want to have is some, we're calling this episode lemonade thoughts. Our ideas is we've kind of been handled just the biggest bushel of lemons. I think we've had in our lives to this point it, for the most part. Close. I've never experienced anything like this. No, I don't think any of us have, you know, and the generation who's dealt with like like living in times of rations or anything like that, like they're dead, you know? So like we're on our own here a little bit, you know? So I did see a, I did see a meme today that was like the generation before you was called to war. We're called to sit on our asses. So shit down and shut up. You'll be fine. I know. Uh, so no, yeah, it's kind of wild uh, though. I mean, we were, we were talking before we hit the record button just about like what, what's going to happen, you know, just with sports in general today, we're recording this on Monday night. So today was NFL free agency and whoo, I, I needed some sports news. I'm not going to lie to you. I was, I was actually amazed like how much of my mind was taken up by sports. Like I'm, I'm, it's probably a good 65, 70%. Of just like it's just always there, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's 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 like it's like the cosmic background microwave of my existence. You know what I mean? Just dude, always present, and you don't notice it, but it, you know it's there. Yeah, I mean, and there's always just stuff to think about. Like, I came into work the next day, and one of my coworkers who knows that about me just knows that it's like a big party. He's like, "How you doing, bud?" I was like, "I'm not gonna lie to you, not super good." I went home, I turned on ESPN, 
and there was nothing on. Like the reruns. There was just nothing. No, it was it was the first day. So there was literally nothing. They haven't even started doing reruns yet. Right. And I was like, I turned it on and I was like, whoa. Because like, it's, that's always been a well you can go to. You know what I'm saying? And now okay, it's so let me dry. ask you another question. If they, if they like redid ESPN El Ocho right now and just put on like cornhole, bowling, I don't know. There's there's this group that calls themselves Major League Wiffle Ball. I think it's like a couple college kids and teenagers in some random area, right? You know, I don't know much about them. They seem, I mean, they put out fun content and stuff, but if they put that on ESPN right now, would you watch it? Dude, I don't know. I've actually, we were talking earlier, I, that basketball love story that ESPN put out, it's 64 episodes long. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about it. I'm not going to lie, but I burned through most of it on Saturday. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm running through the Ken Burns documentary of baseball. Yo, they actually put that out for free on PBS. Did you see that? Like oh, intentionally I'm on Amazon prime. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like Ken Burns went up to PBS. And he's like, Hey, show this for free because we're missing baseball. And I was like, Ken Burns, you're a good man. Yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it so far. It's how far are you? If you're not romantic about baseball yet, I'm through the first inning, right? Through the Episode first one. inning. Okay. If you're not romantic about baseball yet, you will be. Yeah. No, that's a I I watched that. I think I've watched all of it. Oh. Just wait until you get to like well, now you're already kind of in it. The uh the Babe Ruth that era oh man he covers it so well so 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 well he mentioned something i never thought about before that babe ruth is the most beloved historical athlete in american culture do you agree or disagree with that oh i mean i'm coming from an obviously biased side you know what i'm saying like i love baseball so i'm kind of like uh who knows but I'm not. Sh- uh, I bet it's like name name a player who close. comes from an American sport, who's more unanimously popular. Right? You don't have to know what you people know Babe Ruth who've never even watched a game of baseball. Yeah, but you could almost say the same thing about like, like hockey's best comparison is probably Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, MJ, Michael Jordan. Ooh, but the thing about Michael Basketball, Jordan, you're going to get into a debate because it's not going to be as unanimous. Yeah, but not not that he's. The debate is if he's the greatest of all time, not if he's the most beloved. And that's the thing is like with Michael Jordan, he's not like a super nice person. You know, Babe Ruth, like people loved that guy and he loved people, you know? Well, right. Well, and you're going to have a bit of a, I mean, one, you've got history, right? The age, like Michael Jordan's still alive. Babe Ruth's been dead for a long time. Now, there's probably going to be some given the tragic incident, I mean, Kobe's probably going to get a little bit of a boost in that matter. And I'm not trying to say that, you I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it is what it is, right? We tend to deify our athletes after they're gone more than we ever did when they're alive. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm trying to think in football, like, you know, Lambo could be that person, but not a lot of people truly know who Lambo is, right? Yeah. Even no, though the trophy's sure named after him, even though there's a field named after him, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. I think that in football, you're probably more looking at like Walter Payton. Um, See, I don't, I wouldn't it'd probably even, Steve Young. I wouldn't maybe. even listed him. Yeah, maybe Young. Um, Bronco Mendenhall. I don't know what. Who the frick no? Is I'm that? I'm thinking wrong. I'm thinking it's, I'm I'm influenced by my local area, not 
Okay, I feel that. Um, but even, I mean, even Steve Young, but he's, you know, um, <clears throat> you're probably looking at like, I mean, Tom Brady now, he's just still playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And But people hate him because he cheated at me, Boston fans. <laughs> it, it's just interesting because it's like, like Ted Williams could have been a better, better player than Babe Ruth for all we know, right? For sure. But he's not beloved in the same way. Unless no, because he was an Sox asshole. Fan, <laughs> right, right. You're only really going to romanticize Ted Williams if you're a Red Sox fan. True. I mean, he, I feel like he kind of like eased into like life later. You know what I'm saying? Like, have, did you watch that documentary about Ted Williams? Yeah, I did. Um, what was it, what was it called? Just Ted Williams, or no? It was something like the greatest. Because wasn't it DiMaggio that was like announced me as the greatest baseball player that's ever lived? He insisted on doing it. The greatest living baseball player. Yeah, something like that. Ted Williams documentary. I'm going to find this because this is a good one to watch. No, it was amazing. When I watched it, I was like, yo, like this is super dope. His whole like coming back from World War II and having um, <clears throat> having uh, completely or he, he batted 400, right? Coming back from World War II. Oh, it's yeah. It's called Ted Williams, the greatest hitter who ever lived. The greatest. Yeah, yeah. And dude was a jerk, bro. Like, you know, the whole thing back then, they would, when they hit home runs, they'd like raise their caps to the audience. And he's like, stuff you guys. I'm not doing that. And you're like. Yeah, he he only ever tipped his cap once. and It was almost by insistence. Yeah, no, because it was his last game, right? That was like, that was kind of the idea. Swan song. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, of course, you're never going to get to that level of like devotion out of Ted Williams. Like, dude was a jerk. But I mean, he was an amazing baseball player. So what are you gonna do? And and it's it's a lot of them have complications to their history, like um, the Hit King, right? Mm. Pete Rose. It's mm. you know, yeah. I don't think I. You know, it's funny. I kind of feel like Pete Rose is kind of like Bill Clinton. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. He did I, a lot of things, but he's gonna be remembered for one. that wasn't meant to be a pun oh geez no 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 that's not what i'm saying although that was funny i I like it no so bill clinton got impeached right for lying under oath but for the most part like public opinion was like yeah what he did wasn't that bad you know what i'm saying because everyone's like i mean that that was what the public opinion was, right? Like, they're like, oh, okay, like, yeah, whatever. But, like, it, they felt like his approval rating went up because they're like, what he did wasn't that bad. And so, like, I kind of feel like that's Pete Rose. Um, where, like, especially in hindsight now after the whole Astros thing, after everything else, after steroids, like, you're like, I mean, he just bet on his own team. Like, I get it, but it's kind of harsh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's interesting. So I think, yeah. So we're talking lemonade thoughts, things that, things that I don't know. You just have to take away from it all. And so we were talking to just kind of before we started. And I wish we were already recording. Just about how in 2015, during the height of kind of the 2015 race riots or those mid, you know, the race riots that occurred throughout Obama presidency, um, 
Baltimore was on shutdown. And so the White Sox and, and the Orioles had to play an empty game at Camden Yards. And the weirdest thing about it is you could on hear purpose the bat. that time. Well, yeah, I mean, intentionally. So, well, intentionally and by way of, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just that the fans didn't show up. <laughs> have you seen that meme floating around? It's like the Miami Marlins have announced there will be no fans in attendance at this game. However, this is not due to coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's so many of those, bro. Oh, they're oh. so good. But yeah, you were saying about empty. Yeah, you could yards. hear the bat crack across the stadium. Yeah. And like, I found it funny they still had the Oregon guy in playing songs. Wait, what? Yeah, like, like there was still an Oregon playing and stuff to keep like whatever of the atmosphere you could. The ambiance, <laughs> you know. But it's the like, Marlon's like, wow, this is great. When somebody would get a hit, you would just hear the dugout cheering. Yeah. And that was weird. Yeah, no, for sure. If you haven't seen the, is it Gary Thorne? His yeah, when he hit the double. of Adam Jones's double. I showed it to my brother-in-law yesterday. And it sounds like golf. Yeah. No, that's what the point. That was the whole thing. He's like, he's like, steps up to the plate. Oh, and he wraps a double. Or he's like, wraps it into center field. Hit well off the base of the wall. And Adam Jones has a stand-up double. He's like, and with that hit, his green jacket is very much within reach. Like it was intentionally like like golf. Yeah. And it was it was actually like low-key funny. Like I'd be interested to see if how that would turn out over the course of an entire game if someone did it like that. If it would get older, if it would stay funny. Okay, so what do you think about MLB doing non-fan attending games to continue the season? You know, that's still gonna be eight weeks out at a minimum. But well, if, if things don't kind of come around as quickly as we want them to. I mean, in the sense of our fantasy baseball league, I would very much prefer that. <laughs> I mean, it, as opposed to not, right? Like, obviously, okay. So this is the biggest thing is like, everyone's like, I was thinking about this a lot, actually. Why Why everyone's shutting down, like specifically sports leagues. Everyone's thinking like, all right, cool. Like, we're going to have... <clears throat> these big parties come out. We're going to have um, all this stuff on. Oh, that's the best way to describe it. Like they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. There's events that happen around sports as well. Yeah. Right? So like they're saying that they're like, Oh, we're going to turn it off. So people don't show up. Right. Cause you have 53,000 people in attendance. So, but my other part about thing, if like, and with the NBA specifically, right. When Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell got it, you have to think that those guys, as much as I'm like, Eh, they're human they're also worth a lot more than the average human to the franchise as like investments you know what i'm saying yeah so if if for example like players went out they started playing like and they all got sick like that's a lot of i don't want to say wasted talent you know what i'm saying does that make sense yeah no so i was just prepping our episode for the marlins that we're gonna get into later and it's funny because you, you have to really think about it like they had a $13 million salary in you know one year and their most expensive player was half their salary and it was Fernandez, the pitcher, hmm. and he was injured. So they had half their salary just sitting on the bench. And that's like a hard thing to think about. Like imagine just having your, you know, it, I mean, they are assets at the end of the day. You've paid money for play. Yeah. Right? For a product. Yeah. And I, I don't think any of them are going to take you bad at that because... I think everybody wants to play the game of baseball and I would be happy to be a product of baseball. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. And I think that too, like you understand, like if someone like just like your job in general, right? Like if you're on 
like let's say salary, right? If you're an hourly employee, this kind of doesn't apply because you get paid for the amount of time that you're there. But like if you're a salary employee, like they've committed this much money to you to do the work that you've said you were going to do. And if you're unable to do that, like now that's just like dead money. That money's not accomplishing things anymore. And I think too, you think about, you think about if people like, I don't know, six baseball players died. Like that's rough. People get sick. The talent level of the game, the, the game is hurt. If these players get sick, if the fans get sick, I mean, I'm, I'll be the first one to say like, I'm expendable to a major league franchise. Me as an individual, as an individual. Yeah. While these players are like, eh, not so much. So I, I get why they're doing it. And I think that if it means baseball could come back sooner, I'm all for fan love games. I'm, no, and I'm up for it because I need something to watch. <laughs> I need, seriously, I, though, I need something. I played 2K for like 20 hours the other day. Not 20 hours, I was alive, but it was a really long time. And I was playing it when my roommate walked in. He's like, who's playing it? And he's like, oh, wait. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I don't play video games enough to like buy another console. I have I an didn't. Xbox. And MLB The Show is for Xbox or for, for PlayStation. PlayStation. Right? I've almost bought a PlayStation like six times just to play the show. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm on the same page. I'm like, if they could do anything just to boost our morale right now, they would just tell, tell PlayStation, you know what? Deal with this and just push it to Microsoft, you know? I don't think they can. I think there's like a, I'm pretty sure there's like a exclusive rights um, contract with PlayStation. But. I mean, you have to think about it. That's like a what? So that means that's like a $500 game. Because <laughs> that's all I'm going to play on PlayStation. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. But I, I, I would be excited to see that happen. It's funny because you and I were talking about sports that it could happen with. And your conviction was that baseball has the best chance of doing it without fans. Because in your opinion basketball and football depend on the fans for the atmosphere and for the gameplay. And I will stand by it till the end of time. There was a video of like what March Madness like would be without fans. And it's like squeak, 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 squeak. Ah, yeah. And like the coach is clapping like in an empty, big empty hall. Oh, so, so bad. I would almost say almost unwatchable. Isn't that interesting? What? What is it about baseball that's like leisurely in that way? Ooh, there's a that Ken Burns documentary goes into it quite a bit, actually. Right? Yeah. I don't I know. I mean, a game that's developed from rounders, right? From just a simple little yard game mm-hmm. or something you'd play in the streets. It's 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 a funny thing. I mean, it would be weird to see it without fans, but even when fans are in the stadiums in a regular season game. They're a hum. Yeah. You know what Except I mean? Except for Boston. Bro, they have a mic in Boston that's like right above the freaking stadium. And like you hear like the most random, like really loud guy. And he has like the most, he has like this big conversations and stuff. He's like, you know what I'm saying over there? I can't do a Boston accent, but he just like, it's like super most thick. Most people do a like, Jersey accent thinking they're doing a Boston accent. What is accent? going on over there? Like it was crazy. And it's every time I've tuned into a Boston game, it's been like that. Oh my goodness. Everyone else is like, yeah, it's like you hear like maybe a whistle every once in a while, some occasional clapping. But Boston, you always hear voices and like you can pick out words. Sometimes they're not very nice words. It's the it's the refraction off that wall. 
off the monster? I doubt it. I'm pretty sure it's the mic that's stit like right above everyone in the press boxes. But they were supposed to just have like a general mic, and they've got like a shotgun mic pointing down at the crowd. Seriously, it's, it's like crazy. pick up, you know, row seventeen, yeah, seat four for sure. But to like the viewers, like crowds don't super matter, except Not for until like the playoffs. Yeah. Well, even then, like to and the like, TV like listener, it's like division rivals. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's something fun about that hum. I mean, you can hear like vendors you know shouting out you can hear the music the fans kind of responding mm. it will be weird to watch a boston game where people aren't singing in the in the middle of the eighth inning sweet caroline yeah no for sure i mean i you bet know. you guys would all sing it yourself so <laughs> we're just right. in their living room <laughs> sweet caroline I start crying <laughs> i don't know dude i mean like basketball and football and all that kind of stuff like they're very much affected by crowd noise you know i think they can be more exciting than a baseball game you know on a game sometimes but like without the fans they don't maintain that so it's all spirit of the game yeah no for sure for sure i think too there's something interesting about baseball and just like what is as a sport and where you know, football, football, you have every like 15 or so seconds, you have like a big burst of like something and people are getting leveled and it's, it's whatever. And then you have yeah. sports like me and me and Kaden both played and enjoy rugby where it's more like a constant thing, right? You still get big hits, but it's, it's, even if you're not watching it attentively, you're like, you kind of get what's going on. And then basketball is like every single minute, man, you are up the court, you're dribbling, you're doing all these crazy things. And baseball is like this, you think about it, they're long games. Have you ever gone to like taking a nap while taking a baseball game? Like you watch the first two innings, take a nap, yeah, wake up in the seventh. Like the third to the seventh. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I still got game left. Right. And there, but, and a lot of people are like, oh, we got to shorten the game. We got to do all this stuff. But for me, like, there's so much beauty in baseball and just like you don't have to watch it like religiously to like know what's going on or it's just like all right cool like you get the big parts and if you you miss something right and then but there's moments where you're like all right cool like you're just listening to the commentary and listening and watching and, and just kind of oh, enjoying I the tv on loud so i can like i i i'm a good husband right i do a lot of chores around the house i do and i put baseball on while i'm doing chores Thanks. I'm getting I'm getting some applause from Steven over here. No, but like I like to cook. I like cooking. I do a lot of the cooking around here. And so my oven range sits in an island. It faces my big TV where I watch my baseball games. If I'm on my Traeger smoking, you know, me on the back porch, I can see through the window. I can watch my game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a game you can do things and watch. And that's why I enjoy it. And yet, bro, and yet, there was a game. I don't know if you guys remember it. I don't know if you are, if you're a Dodgers fan or a Dimex fan. Um, there was a game last year in LA, and I remember like watching it, and then I went to leave to go get food. And then I came back, and I was sitting there, and like it was like bottom of the ninth. We're up by one, and like Archie Bradley came in, and it was the most like 
riveting thing I've ever seen. And like, I remember crouching behind this couch and like trying not to look, but kind of looking because I was so scared that like this game was not going to go our way. And then as soon as it did, like we finished the game with the strikeout, I, I freaking jumped up. I yelled. I was stoked. My roommates came out. They're like, yo, you good? And I was like, no. I mean, yes, this was freaking amazing. So there's, it's the, the polarizing part of that where it's like, yo, like this is a really beautiful slow paced game where there's like, it's a real thoughtful game. You know, we're doing all this stuff. And there's times when it's like so high pressure, so intense, like, okay. I'm going to, so, I'm going to offend some listeners saying this, but I'm going to say it. Okay. It's eight innings of foreplay and a ninth inning of climax. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> That's baseball. Yeah, no, for Tell sure. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm I mean, wrong. No, you're it's not. It's the ninth inning. Let's say you're a Yankees fan, God forbid, right? <laughs> it's the ninth inning. It's the ninth inning. Your team is just crushed through this game. Maybe you're down by one run. You're up by one run. They call the bullpen and it's Mariano Rivera. It's like, what? Hell's Bell starts playing in the stadium. You're at home. You can see it on your TV. He's running out from the field. You see the batter start to sweat. Like that moment in the game. When they go to the closer, like the game's on the line, they're making pinch hits and pinch runs. There is no sport like it. Honor. Sh- yeah, there's nothing. There's actually a – we were talking about this a little bit. I think it was later last week. But the uh, four days in October, 30 for 30, about the Red Sox um, coming back from a 3-0 deficit to win four straight to go to the World Series. And there was a moment where – I can't imagine like a more pressure situation for an individual, right? Because as much as baseball is a team sport and you win by having a, a deep team and a full like fulfilled team or whatever, it's a kind of an individual game, right? Especially on the on the hitting side of it, where it's it's you against me. And you know, this guy's going to be like, I've, you know, I've watched the film. I know what your tendencies are. And then there's, I watched an interview actually with a couple bunch of pitchers and they're like, sometimes I just want to throw something as hard as I can. And like, you can't beat me. Right. And then this hitter, there's a, oh, there's a super, super cool interview with, um, oh, he's a Cubs. He was an infielder. He's kind of old now, but he hit, um, a home run off Andrew Miller of the Cardinals. Um, to go it was on the cubs to go to the world series or it was in the world series no it was to go to the world series and he's talking about just like his thought process while he's at the plate and it's a it's like this is a if we I don't win David this Ross. game our season is over and then it gets boiled down to like a single pitch like a three two count two outs in the ninth is there anything that's like more pressure you know it's the worst too is when that count comes up and they start foul tipping Oh my gosh. It's like, like a 10 pitch at bat. You're like, <laughs> you just don't know what to do because you can't look away. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. You're thinking thing. of David Ross, aren't you? Yes. No, yes. Yes. Because yes, David Ross is one of my favorite players. And you got to remember that's because, you know, he was the Red Sox catcher for all those years. Okay. I didn't know that, but cool. Yeah. So he, they, they moved John Lester and he was John Lester's personal catcher. Yeah. Which is how he ended up in, in Chicago, in Chicago that year. Yeah. yeah. No, if you've never seen that, just look up John Ross' interview about the Andrew Miller David bat. Ross. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. 
And, and, so, and you know what? Have you ever you you play softball and you yeah. play you know you've played a little bit of this and that. Last case, so last season, right? My softball team, right? This is old man softball, just nothing, you know, compared to these guys. But we lost every game of our season. Lowest seed. I know. Hang on. You lost every game? Every game of the regular season. Good lordy. And then we went on a tear and won every game up into the championship with another team that won every game. And it was a double elimination tournament. So we had to, you had to defeat the other team two games to win. Sure. We went through the entire playoffs and pushed that all the way to the last game you could push it to. We were down by like two runs, had a runner on, and I came up to bat with two outs in the bottom of, you know, with, with timeout because there's no innings. Yeah. And I struck out on a bad call. It was, it was a strikeout bat? looking. It was way outside. I know the umpire just wanted to go home because it was like 1150 mm. at night. Third game we'd played that night. And you know what? I had an amazing day that day. I scored a ton of runs. My batting average was probably around three to 500, which for me is really good. I'm not sure. a good player. Sure. And it all came down to that one. And I was pretty disappointed. Like I've had games where I hit an infield, you know, um, four run in the, in the park grand slam. Right. On the infield. And then you go, mm-hmm, infield, just hit it in the right spot. Right. And, uh, I think that's a that's a, that's a single error. with a three base error. <laughs> okay, for multiple people. Either way, but you still strike out to end the game and maybe lose it, and that's all you think about. Like yeah. it all comes down to the last at bat, which is crazy because it, like it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like a run at, in the way. ninth is is worth the exact same as a run in the first. But, but it feels that it way. it feels that way. Oh my goodness. Oh. I bet you could draw some comparisons among other sports too, right? Um, I actually just – I play a lot of pickup basketball and like just tonight, right? You're like, all right, cool. Like you get to a point where you're like, this is it. Like one more bucket and we win. And you're like – and you work so hard for it. You're like more tired, all this kind of stuff. But it feels more important, right? If you drain a three in somebody's face and it wins the game – Versus like drawing three beater. in someone's face in the first thing. It's it, it they're the same. You can do the same play, but time and situation. And I think in all reality, and this is just this may not even be just a baseball thing. This is a sports thing. And there is something about competition that I think fulfills a need for human beings. And, or maybe just me. I'm not sure. But I mean, you look at how many people enjoy sports. It's right? humans. It's it's human, right? This need to be like to to push yourself beyond what you normally would do because because there's something to be won. Like who? Kurt Schilling's bloody sock game is a great example, right? Michael Jordan's flu game. Like there's just these moments, Kobe Bryant shooting free throws after he tore his ACL, had to come back on the field and, and or come on the court and shoot those again. There's just so many instances of like these people, these athletes, and and even you would even say like normal people like us, like where you get in a situation where you're so intent on winning that like you power through, you know, like you push through something. And I think that's what for me, like what I, what I've come to realize as sports has been taken away from me is that there's beauty in overcoming adversity, even on something as trivial as sports. 
you know and and even um vicariously yes yes watching someone do something good like I'm not my grandma. My grandma cries when someone does something cool every time. But there's something there's something about like rooting for someone and seeing them succeed, for sure. It's like, you know, if this person could do this great sports feat, I can go back and work a desk job tomorrow. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> we have it's to, just what it is. Like No, for sure. Do you have like a Do you have like a moment like that? Like if you had to pick one where you're like, where's where where baseball or you can, I guess you could open it to any sport exemplified, like overcoming adversity for you that you like look at and you're like, wow, that was amazing. Man, there's a lot of those. It's, it's kind of hard to limit those down. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, you know what? I, I was up late trying to finish a semester assignment the night of the longest world series game in history, right? When the Dodgers and the Red Sox went 16 innings, watching Nathan Eovaldi conquer the bottom of that game. And even though he lost, still go into the office that night and say, Hey, I'm good to start tomorrow. And just be like, Hey, you know what? I've got this. That to me was massively inspirational. And I don't think a lot of people will remember that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, for sure. I yeah, no, I didn't. I forgot he started the next day. You want to know a good one? It's one mm. of my favorites. Yeah, um, and it's not baseball, so I apologize for all you non other sports fans that listen to our podcast. There's a guy in the National Football League by the name of Matthew Stafford. Oh, I can mm. tie it into football. He's um, he's oh, what's his name? How? Oh, I'm good. Clayton Kershaw. Goodness gracious. He's Clayton Kershaw's best friend. They went to high school together. There's my tie to baseball. He, it was fourth quarter, final drive of the game. Guy takes a sack, separates his shoulder. Okay. His throwing shoulder goes off to the sideline. Um, backup quarterback goes in, two incompletions. Fourth down, fourth and goal. He's like, Coach, I'm like, I'm going back in. You need me to do it? I can do it. Runs out there, and you can see his arm is noticeably limp, his throwing arm, right? And he goes out there and he just like he takes a snap, throws a ball, score, they score a touchdown, wins the game. Dude runs straight to the sideline. His teammates are like thumping him on the back. He's like, oh, oh, he's he's mic'd up for it. So you get to listen to his words. He's like mic'd up. He's like, bro, I can't. Goes on the sideline, has to get worked on. But there was like this level of like, oh my gosh. Like, have you ever gotten to a point? I don't know if it's just me, where like you throw something so much or you like throw, 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 throw. I once played four softball games in a night. And by the fourth one, I like, I couldn't throw anymore. Like, oh yeah. And I was just and dead. It, it's just an underhand toss. Oh, no, right? I'm talking overhand, like from the outfield. Okay. I okay. threw I it like, and it didn't make it to the infield. I was like, all right, guys, I can't, I can't anymore. I'm done. But it was like, I can't imagine like being able to like still do your job. Right. And the human humans are amazing like that. They're amazing to where they're able to like overcome stuff like that. Like for me, that's just like this, this moment of just pure indomitable strength where he's just like, you know what? I'm going to do it and I'm going to face the repercussions in the morning and it's going to suck, but I'm going to do it. And it was amazing. 
and I got to be a witness to it. You know? Yeah. I would actually love to see if if we could get some like favorite sports moments from people that listening that are listening. Yeah. Let's get those and let's put those in. You know what we should do? Hmm. If they record them, their voice, we'll just put them in the episode. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Send in your favorite sports moments. Designated we'll sitters. Next episode. Yeah. Because um, we're gonna be we're gonna be without sports for what is it, eight weeks? That we, is that what everyone's kind of decided? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's eight weeks. Which is kind of a bummer. I was I I got tickets to um I wanted to go check out Globe Life Park or Globe Life Field now, the new Rangers Stadium. And we bought tickets for April 10th, which is the first time the the Houston Astros would have played there. When they were saying two weeks, we're like, oh man, we just got like behind home plate nice tickets for opening night now. And now it's just gone. So that was gonna be exciting. I was stoked about it. Why don't we why don't we wax romantic for just a quick minute? Sure. And I'm gonna ask you, how did you come to fall in love with baseball? You know, give your give your little history of that. Um it's funny. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a, a hiatus a little bit. Um, my earliest memory growing up is the Diamondbacks when the World Series. I don't remember the day I was baptized. Nothing. There's nothing in my memory. It does not exist. But two years before that, um, when I was five years old, so three years before that, 2001, because I was born in 96, um, I remember sitting and coloring and while my dad and my grandpa watched the World Series and Luis Gonzalez, like a little bloop single to center field and scored the run off Mariano Rivera. And that was the game when they beat the Yankees game seven. Um, and I remember my dad coming in, running and picking me up and just being like, we did it. And I was like, I, this, I was like, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, let's go. It was a good time. And, but it, it, meant so much and it was like such a vivid memory of my life and then i grew up playing baseball so whether it was through t-ball i grew up playing uh, i think it was like six six until i was like 14 maybe um but we i played until my freshman year freshman uh i played my freshman year and then stop my sophomore year because I had to get a job. Yeah. Blessed. Fun. Um, and then I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of not faded away from baseball a little bit, but I very much kind of eased off. Um, I would still say I was a fan. We still went to games every once in a while, but I wasn't wasn't anything like I am now. Um, I was able to serve a two-year mission for my church, which is where I met Caden, actually. And as soon as I came back from that there was like this influx of like, holy cow, I love sports. Um, and I got super into it and I like started like really getting into like what sports were, not just like watching them, but analyzing them and learning about them and doing all this kind of stuff. Um, and eventually it turned into this streak that I have going where I've been, I've been to watched or listened to 485 straight Diamondback games. I have not missed a game in three seasons. And 
it's crazy. I'm like, I didn't even realize it at first. I was just always like, always watching, always watching, always watching. And I was like, man, I think I missed a game. And I did the math and I was like, no, I haven't missed a game. Like I've watched Ben, I've been to or watched or listened to all of them. And then it kind of just kept going. And I was like, I can't stop it now. Like, this is so exciting. And so I got really into like watching and then I'd watch other teams games and I, and I'd watch other players. I'm like, oh man, I want to do fantasy. Like I want to play hard. I want to do all this stuff. Um, and eventually that's where honestly where I am now. And I've started then to now like go backwards and like learn about the game. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's moments like Caden showed me a, a video today of what's his name? Bartman. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I don't know. I had, no, I had no idea. That wasn't something that like I knew because I, I wasn't aware I was too young. I was whatever. And I, but I'm learning all these like moments in games and stuff that I never watched that I wish I would have. And now it's just like so much, it's become something that like, that's what something I want to, I want to be in the business. I'm not sure how or what, or, but I just want to be associated with baseball for like the rest of my entire life. And so it's something that I think that's kind of been a learned thing over the past, I don't know, three years. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny you should mention that, that whole thing with your dad, because that's kind of where it started for me too. And I think for everybody, it starts with your parents. Like if your parents don't give you love for baseball, it's hard to get it you know it's it's a generational sport that's handed on i my dad is one of the coolest people i know not one of the most athletic people i know necessarily (laughs) right that's awesome per se um but he coached my little league team every year growing up every year he was always there you know he was a busy guy he worked really hard um didn't see you know i didn't see him a lot but like you know, he was just at work a lot, like most people's dads. And, but he was always there for little league practice. And I remember, you know, I grew up in a house of all girls, all sisters. So the time I got to be with like with the boys or with other guys was, you know, at practice. And mm-hmm. and when I grew up, I, I didn't grow up wrestling brothers or, you know, like in this tough household where, you know, you knew the jokes and this and that. Like my only really connection with other guys or, you know, kids that I knew was, was sports and, and what athletes were their heroes and what team do they like and were they going to watch the game and that's what we were going to do that night you know i remember in 2004 i i still remember when dave roberts stole second base just seeing my dad on edge you know like just into the game and it blew my mind you know i'd never seen him so excited about something before and i didn't know anything about you know the the curse of babe at the time i was pretty young or any of that but um i just remember that became a thing like we would watch games together and you know it started that way and i played quite a bit and then my biggest regret in life is not playing in high school you know um ended up playing rugby and and that was great you know we did good and I don't know. I just think back on it. You know, my dad got a really big passion for baseball too. So he's been to all 30 MLB stadiums. Um, when we, when I was maybe 14, now we're big Red Sox fans, you know, we grew up that mm-hmm. way. But I was 14, they were about to close the old Yankee stadium. And my dad just like literally Tuesday, the game was Saturday, the last game they were going to play. And my dad comes up to me on Tuesday and goes, Hey, we're, we're going to New York this weekend. It's going to be fun. Um, we're going to, we're going to go to this last game here. And so, Hopped on a flight, went out to New York, and we went to the last game in the house that Babe built. Mm. And I just remember like the energy of that weekend and like being in a 
a major league stadium. I don't know if that was the first or second. I'd, I'd gone to the national stadium when it was brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but that first time you go into a ballpark and there's electricity in the air. But like, so I've been to a lot of NFL games and NFL games are fun, but the fans are drunk. They're loud. Oh my gosh. It, there's They're, some drunk MLB fans. <laughs> you have to be, be careful where you sit. But like you go to an MLB game, you can sit next to somebody. If you don't want to talk to them, you don't. But you can make a friend, you can chat with someone, have a leisurely conversation, watch the game, eat some food, get some drinks. The baseball stadiums are an experience. You can walk around. Like there's ambiance and there's history and there's, you know, mm. there's just something there that's intangible that you can't get anywhere else. I've been to seven MLB stadiums. I've been to about seven NFL stadiums for live games. I've seen the Oakland Coliseum in both of its formats. Um, loved baseball more there. Raiders are fun fans. Don't get me wrong. But baseball is just so... I don't know. It's something. You know what's so crazy? Back, go ahead. I was, you were saying something and it kind of reminded me of... Of something I heard someone said one time, and they and it was it was a quote that someone else was reading. So I don't I don't know who the original person was, but they said the the reason why people love baseball is because you look at baseball players and you're like, I could do that. Yeah, you know, like like Bartolo Colon played professional baseball. <laughs> I look like Bartolo Colon. Like I could do that. I think possibly i'm not sure but like it's not like you look at someone like oh well, shoot what's his name the wide receiver up in seattle i can't remember the dude that shredded he looks like a he looks like an animal um he's just absolutely monster oh i should know this i can't remember but you look at him and you're like oh yeah there's no way like i can't like do that dk metcalf that's the one dk metcalf you look at him and you're like yeah i can't do that <laughs> maybe 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 there's no there's not a chance right but baseball i I would i would need an advanced steroid regimen in a team (laughs) and a a couple months maybe a year two years um but like i just feel like baseball is one of those things they like you know we can do that it's funny as we've as you've talked do you have any like memories from like playing in little league that like you still tons but no that like still like maybe not like a lesson you learn necessarily, but like things that stuck with you that you'd know like, Hey, like that, like affects my, almost my day-to-day life. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, you start little league running the bases the wrong way. Like, like little league is the first time you learn conformity in a way. Okay. And like loose rules and boundary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Hey, we run the bases this way. The ball goes between these lines. Yeah. You know, so I've I've actually been working with my nephew quite a bit. His dad's actually probably better at it than me. But every time I go up to my parents' house, I have this little nephew who I think he's three. Um, I respect it. Four. He was born while we were in Hawaii. Okay. Um, about that age. Yeah. And so every time I see him, it's, uh, Uncle Caden, can we go play some baseball? And he is at the point where the other day, he will not only, he will set the diamond up correctly. He will run these yellow cones I have out to foul pole lines. He is four years old. Nice. He will set up two benches on either side of the bases as dugouts. I love it. That's low-key pretty advanced, dog. <laughs> and now, no, I'm, I kid you not. 
and now I'm working, you know, his, his dad was just showing him because to help him, you know, like, okay, put the, ba- the bat down on the opposite side of the, the base. So you can know where your feet need to stand. And like this last weekend we were, we, I mean, I was with him Friday and I was with him Sunday and the kid probably took 300 pitches. I kid you not. Like, it's not just that he's like, Oh, let's go play like for the hell of it. Like he constantly is taking swings. Yeah. He's four years old and he's getting so good. It's like, okay, you know, hold your elbow up. Okay. Now like I can't teach him to go back into a load, but I can have him hold the bat further back. So he gets a little more whip speed. Yeah. He hit me with three comebackers and with whiffle balls and those things stung. Like the kid's getting power. <laughs> he, I, I had a sister trying to play a little, you know, like outfield, put her over. We've got this like kind of like indoor gym set up and it gives you a lot of distance out to left field, but on sure. right field, it's shorter than Yankee stadium. Sure. You know, and uh, relative to his, you know, yeah, so for I, sure. I told the sister, okay, catch the ball when it comes to you and, you know, run over to first, see if you can beat him there. Like I'm getting him to this point, right? Sure. And his dad and his, his uncles and all of them are doing this. He whacked that thing so hard. It hit one side of a basketball gym and then hit the other side before it hit the ground. Jeez. And she just looks at me like I couldn't catch it. And I go, I wouldn't have either. Like <laughs> it was a good hit. <laughs> you know, he hit it high. It That's is weird. amazing to watch the progress. It, I, I get so excited about the prospect of having kids and playing little league with them. Yeah. You know, like the calmness that's come over him, the lack of fear of the ball, the ability to swing. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's crazy though, that like that lack of fear of the ball is, is a learned skill because, Oh, I don't have it. <laughs> if you want to talk to my softball mates, I've given up so many plays that I could have ca- catched as the pitcher because yeah. they came right at me. Yeah. I, if you hit me a comebacker, I'm ducking. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. No, for sure. Well, that's the thing. So that was kind of as like, so when I was young, I don't know, probably like 10, 11, 12, I was playing minors um, and majors. I can't remember. It was like a city. It was a city little league. And I caught a lot. I caught and played third base. I was, those were kind of my spots. And when you, a person that's afraid of the ball, when you go to ground a ball, what you'll do is you'll, you'll stick your glove in the dirt and then you'll turn your head and look away from it. And you'll like, Oh, right. Because you're afraid it's going to hit you. So you put your glove down, hoping you'll catch it and then kind of pull away so that if it bounces bad, it doesn't hit you in the face. And I would do that constantly over and over and over again. Finally, my dad's like, look, dude, you got to stop. And I do it as a catcher. <laughs> I would, I'd shy away from the ball as a catcher. Like your whole job is to catch it. And I'd be like, oh, I don't want to get hit. And so I had my dad, or I didn't have my dad. My dad chose to. Um, he took me out into the the backyard and he took away my glove. And he threw balls and bounced them off the ground. And he wanted me to block him with my chest. And whoa, boom, pa, all this, boom, wah, hit me, hit me, hit me. And throw it yeah, like, See, it don't hurt that bad Cajun happy it don't hurt that bad it don't hurt that bad and it's funny like my mom my mom tells a story and she's like oh yeah you were crying you did not like it and i look back and i'm so grateful that that happened because now i play with like other adults that are terrified of the ball and i'm like look guys it like it's okay like you can get hit but it's one of those things that like it doesn't hurt that bad so just do the thing do the right thing And so when I talk about like lessons you learn from baseball, like that's that for me, right? Like that is a a principle that you can apply across every part of your life. If it's difficult, it's not that bad and you can do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? 
It's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. I love it. I absolutely You know what I laugh about with this kid? It. I've got this guy. I mean, this guy's four years old and he's taking pitches and I I'm having to put him more on plane, deliver him a little faster, right? Mm-hmm. He's going in, he's gonna go into T ball first. <laughs> Poor kid. Poor kids playing against I, him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's that passion though, like the game, you know, it's something like I think baseball more than any other sport connects generations. You know, I, I, I just don't think that there's something I could wax more poetic about in sports. I For don't. sure. And baseball um, because it's the best sport. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting that the statistics, I, I'm stealing this from Ken Burns. The statistics have become something that are not only a number, but a title that you can compare across generations to be a 300 hitter is something you you know you can tease your dad like hey i'm a 300 hitter you were never a 300 hitter you know and your little this or that like you can't you can't really do that in other sports you know what i mean it's not the same mm-hmm. i could get i'm sure pe- plenty of people could send me arguments they're never going to change my mind on that yeah because i think it's the math. main thing the main thing baseball taught me is that failure is inevitable a, a player that fails seven out of 10 times is a perennial all-star. For sure. I actually knew a guy that was uh, a really, really good baseball player, um, was playing D1 college ball and gave it up because there was too much failure in it. It was, it was too hard mentally to deal with that much failure all the time. Yeah. So I think we're going to kind of Maybe just pull out here a little bit, but baseball will be back. Eventually. We'll be watching the game again. <laughs> Eventually this will all blow over. You know? Can I can I give a, a invitation to our listeners? Yeah. If you have never watched Field of Dreams and listened to the speech at the end, um go listen to it because it's amazing, and it's one of the only times I've ever been like moved to almost crying at a movie. It's fantastic. You must have not seen Onward yet. I um, I'll tell you this. I uh, I agree with you. I'm I'm pretty sad that the year the Field of Dreams game was supposed to happen. This is going on. No one's mentioned it yet. You know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, how's no one talking about this? But we'd love to hear your favorite baseball moments. We'd love to hear any of your individual thoughts. Uh, iPhone has a voice memo recording. Send it just to my email, kadenkillpack at gmail.com, K-A-D-E-N-K-I-L-L-P-A-C-K at gmail.com. If you're a friend, just shoot it into me. We'd, we'd love to put it in the next episode and just kind of combine that. To our designated sitter family, we love you guys. We're thankful for you. We're here for you. Stay safe. Stay healthy.